0: All right, mister. What do you think you're doing? You call this a room? This is a pigsty. I want you to straighten up this area now! You are a disgusting slob! Stand up straight! Tuck in that shirt! Adjust that belt buckle! Tie those shoes! Twisted sister! What is that? Wipe that smile off your face. Do you understand? What is that? A twisted sister pin on your uniform? What kind of a man are you? You're worthless and weak. You do nothing, you are nothing. You sit in here all day and play that sick, repulsive electric twanger. I carried an M16 and you, you carry that, that, that guitar. Who are you? Where do you come from? Are you listening to me? What do you wanna do with your life? I want a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful morning. The birds are chirping, the sun is shining, and you're listening to tweet. Next up some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment. What the fuck? <laughs>
1: I know it's mean to say you're green, but you gots to leave WWE. You're not fit to be the shit, so stay at home and make my grits. (laughs) That's the first verse. If anybody's
0: looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show, I'm
1: available. Good evening, wrestling fans, entertainment fans. This is Anthony of Wrestling-News.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hey, i Kirby D. Frog. I am the new GM for Raw. NXT! NXT! Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA Impact Zone with one of those metal detector ones. And when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the egg guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. <laughs> Since youngins do listen, some of you youngins out there do listen. I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cut on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total non-stop Anthony That's what you got tonight Total non-stop Anthony Total non Total nonstop Anthony Lord, I know I said I was not going to talk about The Ashley Mazzaro death any further Let her rest in peace But they keep forcing me to They keep pulling me back in And I have succumbed I will get into Just absolute stupidity, ignorance, carelessness, and a whole lot more in a little bit. My God. And by the way, that little opening, you know, it's a little shout out to a music video that I loved growing up as a kid, Twisted Sister, I Want to Rock. But if you replace the kid's guitar with a fucking computer or Twitter, I mean, it's the same thing you see these goofy podcasters and websites online giving you advice, think of that, telling you their worldviews, telling you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And then when a tragedy occurs, oh, you should do this and you should do that and don't take this for granted. As they're laying in their bed, as they reach over for their next ding dong, as they fucking do nothing with their lives, but they will tell you that they do everything. Forrest Gumps, that's what they are, Forrest Gumps. And whenever you wanna see a little proof, get a little bit of backup, try to get a little bit of insight of what they portray themselves to be online, you get bullshit. That's why, like I said, that guy from Twisted Sister, what do you wanna do with your life? No, it ain't no longer, I wanna rock. It's, I want to tweet. I want to tweet. Jesus. Anybody see the Family Guy episode recently where they went to that fucking internet some convention in Quayhog, I think it is, and uh, Peter Griffin says, oh, look, and they have like a display that looks like a hospital bed and an IV, and you could lay in it for three bucks and take selfies of yourself, and then you could tweet how you're in the hospital and you got this. My God, everybody wants to be tweet-fucked online and I'm going to expose a little stupidity and carelessness and ignorance and using Ashley Mazzaro's death for attention. You know, know, I'm going to open up with that. Why not? You know, uh, Ryan Satin, Pro Wrestling Sheet, a lot of other websites. Back in November 2016. Now, we're not talking... 10, 15 years ago where maybe young podcasters and websites out there or even fans, you know, were embryos back then or maybe they were just toddlers getting breastfed. No, we're talking less than three years ago when this concussion lawsuit came out and the documents on behalf of Ashley Mazzara were made public. All these allegations about this rape, taking place on this military base in Kuwait. That was online three years ago. Where are all your outrages? You know what's sad? I invite anybody out there, go on to all the news websites that I reported it three years ago and look at all the responses. Ah, she's exaggerating. She's trying to get money. She's nuts. She's this, she's that. 90% of the articles either dispelled what she said or criticized WWE. Know what I found interesting? Between the websites from three years ago, all of the people who vented three years ago, all of you out there that ignored the story three years ago because she was still alive, all of you out there that are now setting up, there's a fucking petition out there right now. Make Stephanie aware of the rape. You know what's amazing? Notice how nobody online has ever once said, why isn't the military opening up an investigation? When this Dr. Rios, uh, Dr. Alberto del Rios, examined her when she came back from Kuwait and I guess believed that she was sexually assaulted. Why did this Dr. Rios... Go right to WWE. Well, you fucking don't call the cops. How come you don't fucking make an invest? You know, follow report. You know, unfortunately, everyone. There's something that we've said on these shows many times in the past. You can't cancel nine one one. Kev Castle came up with that originally. You know, just because something happens in the world of pro wrestling that's real, uh, WWE or even their storyline. You know, with the, the arrest things that they do, at Vince getting arrested, at Stephanie, this and that. No, you can't cancel 911. You, you can't say, no, no, I got this. Shut up. I got this. You know, if an alleged rape took place in the military, and I, look, don't give me, oh, there's 25,000 sexual assaults in the military every year. Ashley Mazar was a civilian. And you don't justify no investigation because there's so many attacks so we don't invest, how come nobody out there, not three years ago, not three days ago, not three minutes ago, ever said, why isn't there an investigation in the military? How come there's never, one? you know why? Tell you a couple of reasons why. Number one, convenient. Three years ago, story was written. Nobody fucking gave a fuck about it. Now, because she's deceased, everybody has their balls in a bunch. Why? Because everybody out there wants to be tweet fucked. They want to get noticed. I am outraged she killed herself. Somebody has to pay. Vince, you have to pay. And we're going to fucking do everything possible to force you to pay. We're going to stop eating candy and your sponsors and all this other stuff. Where was your outrage three years ago? You don't wait for somebody to die to all of a sudden get outraged. You just didn't pay attention to the story because you didn't give a fuck about the story. There is no other excuse. Now, in defense of Ryan and others, they did report the story. They did bring to light. But they are reporters. They're not lawyers. They're not these, you know, you understand what I'm saying? They're not... um, uh, their job is to report. Their job is to not go on, go on these quests and missions and this and that. You know, you want to do that, fine. You can't intertwine both. And too many of these websites that claim that they're reporters, you know, reporting a story is not good for them anymore because 9,500 websites will write the same story. So now they got to either fucking make up shit, exaggerate shit, fucking rehash stuff from 20 years ago, or they got a fucking flat out lie. And it's very convenient to pick up on this Ashley Missouri, Missouri story right now for three reasons. Number one, you don't have the balls to confront the military, all right? They don't have the balls to confront the military. And for a lot of people who live overseas, what do they care about the US military? They don't care. But WWE is a global brand, a global conglomerate. Very, very easy. It's very popular on social media to criticize WWE, it's very popular to criticize Vince. It's very popular to criticize every thing that you don't like it, and I'm not defending them in any way, shape, or form. I want I stood away from this story because me, I look at it like that lawyer that's doing this major concussion lawsuit, you know, apparently there was an apology that Ashley Mazara wrote to WWE last year about being part of this lawsuit. I don't know the details, none of us seen the letter, so I'm not going to speculate any further. But if that letter is legit, and she also said that she felt that she was manipulated by this lawyer, she's not the only one who has said that. But the minute you join this class action lawsuit, and you accuse all these things for WWE, you know, don't expect WWE to fucking stick out the olive branch and bring you back for the fucking first ever women's pay-per-view. You know, it was sad to see over the last bunch of years when you thought the possibility that WWE may bring back Ashley as one of the women from yesteryear, and you saw what she would write on Twitter. She would be excited. She would think maybe she's put, and, she and she was left out. And she was left out. And she was left out. You know, you say, oh, why isn't demolition in the WWE Hall of Fame? Maybe this concussion lost her. And And to be honest with everyone, if someone really did, you know, get hurt and injured and harassed and abused within WWE and your reasons are legitimate in this lawsuit, you have every right to pursue that. But you can't expect to go to that place and say, hey, take me back. It ain't happening. So for all of these websites out there, it's more popular to go after WWE on this instead of the military. Notice how no outrage Try to find out who the military doctor was. Now there's no outrage about the nurse that held her down. Notice how there's no, the only outrage out there that Vince said, suck it up. Suck it up. You have a job to do. Shut up. the fuck out of here. Seriously. You mean to tell me three years later when you didn't give a fuck before, now all of a sudden you write 15 tweets with all this stuff. Very convenient now that Ashley's dead. Why? because you could add a little spice to it. You could hit some emotions, get really, really raw, stoke the emotions of people out there who are just outraged about it. And then after that, what do you get back in return? Oh, David, David. I'm not talking about Meltzer. David, David. You are a godsend. You are such a good person. You care. You really want to see justice done. Did you smoke cigarettes after you got tweet fucked, people? Seriously. Don't fucking give me this shit. And the best part, the ignorant websites. I mean, when you report stuff, you know, you have to really follow the order of the way things happen. You also need to have a half a brain, You know, when I read about JoJo hemorrhaging, which basically forced to induce labor and they had to fucking stop the bleeding, otherwise JoJo would have passed away. Congrats to JoJo and Bray Wyatt on the birth of their son, uh, Nash 6. I mean, that's just great, but you could see one website got a few comments wrong and didn't write the scientific terms properly. So instead of just doing a simple Google search and trying to understand what actually happened to her, they tried to bunch everything together. And they try, oh, she went into labor and started bleeding and this is an blah, 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 blah. And, this is that. and the medical, they didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. And then I'm reading, Ashley Mazzara was laid to rest. She was, she was laid to rest, I believe, earlier today in St. James, not too far from my house. Believe it or not, I had a few people email me and say, hey, could you drive down to the grave and take a picture? <laughs> I didn't even respond to I got five people actually request that in the last 24 hours. I'm not joking. Um, but she got laid to rest. And what do I read about six hours after the reports of her being laid to rest? Oh, Ashley Mazzaro's brain may be donated to science. Then you read on the article, if the family says it's okay. They just fucking put her in the ground. Do you think after a couple of days, they're going to exhume the body? No, we change our mind. I mean, why even wait? That was talked about yesterday. Why do you wait and report that after she's laid to rest? I mean, it's just. I think some of these people out there need to have their brains donated to science. In fact, I'm almost tempted to quit all of, all, quit all of the shows and become a fucking scientist. Buy a fucking study book on Amazon. I'll become a scientist. I want to analyze some of your brains. I want to see what's up there. I want to just see, I mean, I just don't get it. I don't get the mentality. And you know what's pathetic, people? Some people that I rip, I know, I know. I know, I won't name names because I don't want to start wars. I'm an old older guy. I almost said I'm an old man. I'm not an old man yet. I'm an older guy. I ain't gonna fall for these little tweet wars and stuff like that. I got better things to do, but not only that, I'm watching grown men, 40s, 50s, and even 60s getting triggered on social media because someone disagrees with them or really you know, takes a shot at them and instead of just ignoring them and letting others just hand them a new asshole, I mean, literally triggered to the point that they want to go to that person's house and punch them in the mouth. Yeah, okay, okay. You've been laying on your bed so much that if you got up, it looked like a fucking crime scene where they outlined the fucking body. Your your sweat and your skin is so embedded in your Again, you get all this advice, people, from everybody out there who do nothing themselves. Nothing. All they do is write about it. They fucking go to the internet connection and take the selfies in the hospital bed like Peter Griffin. They're all Forrest Gump's. So I want to tell everyone, if you really cared about Ashley Mazzaro, keep her memory alive. Keep the good things out there. She was obviously a troubled, troubled soul. I was never a fan of her work. I was very, very critical over the years, the controversy with the escort service, everything like that. I am not all of a sudden gonna have an epiphany and tell everybody that I'm a fan of hers or I, you know, I cared about her and this and this. I didn't. I did not like her work. I did not care. You know, caught her in some lies, got called out on it, got shitted on by a lot of people. You know, but at the end of the day, she's a human being and she was so depressed that she killed herself. Keep your prayers for her family, her daughter. In fact, I want to plug this. And again, this goes out to the websites that are so goddamn lazy that couldn't even go on GoFundMe's page to get the name of the link. They just wrote, if you're interested, go to GoFundMe.com. Fuck you. Your fucking passionate shit. Join the petition. You know, make Stephanie aware of what happened. And you can't even post the link for the fucking daughters educational fund. You just write gofundme.com. Lazy motherfuckers. But anyway, Lillian Garcia is shown as the official person who started this campaign. A lot of people in wrestling have donated. I think they've already raised about ten to twelve thousand dollars. You know, Ashley's daughter, uh, she is pursuing, uh, I believe, a college degree. She's 19 years old. And, you know, obviously without a mom now, you know, she could use some assistance. Now, she's not asking for the assistance, but the wrestling world is opening up for her and trying to help her. So if everybody out there wants to help and contribute, five bucks, whatever you could I saw one guy today. I don't want to single him out because, you know, I don't. Think, I know the guy didn't do it to, you know, to be singled out or to get attention. How many people out there, you see someone do a good deed and they will fucking, you know what they do? they slick. Now, this guy, if you go to, to, to GoFundMe.com slash Ashley Mazzaro's Daughter Educational Fund, you'll find the other the drive. One guy today posted, donated 1,500 bucks there's a picture of him, him with Ashley Mazzari. He met her recently, and he was so moved by her, and she was so cool that he donated $1,500. If you look at it, looks like a regular wrestling fan like you and I. I don't know if the guy's got money or not, but you know what he did? He posted a picture of her and him on the GoFundMe page and thanked her for being so cool and such a genuine person, and he really, really appreciated her over the years because Ashley had that connection with a lot of people online. What do other people do? They'll do a good deed and no, they won't tweet that they did a good deed. What they'll do, this is slick. They'll wait a few hours a day and they'll write, thank you to everyone who sent all the props for you know what I did or for the thing that happened, blah 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 And then everybody's like, wait, what is he talking about? What, blah, 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 what, 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 what's this? What's this? What's this? That's how you do it. That's, that's the way to do it. So thanking people as an, as a way to get attention to themselves. I always talk about Mick Foley as being one of my favorites. In fact, Foley donated $5,000 to this campaign. I have talked about Foley for 17 years. I mean, I met Foley before that. You see on my Twitter. I met him when he was tag team champion in WWF with Terry Funk. And I had I actually met him in Philly. Actually was on Terry Funk's shoot interview later on and I almost got arrested for road rage incident. Got into it with a guy. I didn't get into a fight. I'm not going to lie and say I kicked somebody's ass. But my ex... Her started. She started brawling with the girl in the other car, and they started yanking each other's hair and shit like that. I'm like, "Wow, this has been a fun day." I drive all the way to Philly. I meet Terry Funk. I meet Cactus Jack. Take pictures with him. Go on a shoot interview. Blah 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 blah. I drive home and I get into a road rage incident. Go fucking figure. So, you know, Ashley Mazzaro. You know, Mick Foley donates five thousand dollars to the kid. And I don't wake up one day. I don't wait till Mick Foley's dead. For 17 years, I've been talking about all the good deeds that I uh, am made aware of that he's done. I've told the story. I witnessed it with my own eyes. I don't even know if he remembers the story and I'll tell it again because I want to. The year was, I don't know, 2006, around there. Give or take a year maybe 2004, and um, no, actually, I think it was 2004. It was right around 2004. Frankie Starrs, you probably heard him here on the Northeast, indie wrestler. He was doing a tribute indie event in Suffolk County for a military man. I think he might've been in the Navy, but he was injured, and he lived in Long Island. So Frankie Starrs organized this big indie wrestling event at a car dealership might have been Sunrise Highway. And Frankie Stars asked me, I wasn't a, anybody doing anything on camera, but I was doing stuff behind the scenes for Frank Goodman, USA Pro Wrestling. And he said, hey, could you help me out? You know, like really push this, plug it, help me with this, help me with that. I said, yeah, I'll do everything I can. So, you know, I helped him get the show together, even though he did 95% of the work. And then we went to Long Island for the event. Now, Mick Foley was supposed to be a guest, signing autographs. So we get to the event. The weather looks like it's going to rain. And Frank, see, this is the thing. When I tell stories, 99% of the time, there's witnesses. Witnesses that are alive that could back up my shit. And if Frankie hears this story right now, he will tell you that what I'm saying right now is word for fucking word. If Mick Foley remembers it, he will say, this is word for fucking word. Mick Foley's supposed to show up. And, you know, all the proceeds are going to this military uh, uh, person. And it's cloudy out and the wrestling event's going on and it's at the dealership and this and that and wondering what happened to, to Mick Foley. Nothing. About half an hour, an hour into the show, somebody who was standing along, I think it was Sunrise Highway. It was Sunrise Highway, Montauk Highway, something like that. They're like, I think I see Mick Foley. So, a bunch of us like go to the edge of the fucking highway, the street, and we look down. Now, I can't say down the block because where I live, there are blocks that are maybe 15 car lengths long and there are blocks that are 50 car lengths long. He must have been, I'm not joking, must have been about a quarter of a mile away. And he's walking on, I don't remember if it was crutches or a cane. I'm pretty sure it was crutches because people immediately are like, what the hell happened to him? And he's walking on crutches and he's with either his wife or his kid or maybe both. And he's wearing a Mike Piazza baseball jersey and he's walking slow. I mean, he's going down literally a quarter of a mile on the highway walking. And then when he finally gets to the place, he's like, you know, look, I couldn't. I didn't know where to park. I couldn't find a place. So he fucking parked a quarter of a mile away and walked on crutches to the fucking event. He sat down, signed autographs, shook hands. Was great. And it was. I. I th- in fact, all the money that was made on those autograph photos went to the military man as well. So I saw with my own eyes how special this man is. And you know, this is why I. I brought up that. Gentleman on Ashley Mazzaro uh, Daughter Educational Fund GoFundMe because you didn't see this guy immediately go on Twitter or Facebook or everyone else and say, hey, I just donated $1,500 to Ashley's kid. No, he kept it to himself. And Mick Foley, if, if people out there had any idea how many examples and how many times Mick Foley has done good things for people that is never written about, that is never advertised, that is never told. I don't want Mick Foley to pass away anytime soon. But I will tell you, I'm gonna tell you now, when that it's when that man goes, you're going to see thousands of people come out of the woodwork and say, you know what, I gotta tell this story. One time Mick Foley did blah, 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 blah for me. But he told me, don't say anything public. I don't want anybody to know. You have no idea. And there are a lot of other good people as well. I mean, you, I, I don't want to single anybody out because it's unfair for people who I don't single out. But lately, you see a lot of worthy causes to people in wrestling. And whose name always pops up in the donation box? Chris Jericho. Always. Over and over and over. And people even told me that Jericho possibly donated money to superstar Billy Graham. Look at all the comments that Billy Graham has said recently. So many fans want to punch him in the goddamn mouth or kick him in the hip. And think of the controversy that happened with Graham and Jericho. And look, it may not have been Jer- I thought when I saw that donation on Graham's GoFundMe, my immediate reaction was, okay, somebody donated the money and put, you know, Jericho's name on there, just to maybe as a little, you know, subliminal joke or something like that I don't know but a lot of people said to me no it was really him so let's uh move on to AEW and by the way this segment is brought to you by Texas Podcast Massacre we plug them every week you can find them on YouTube just an awesome podcast that focuses on horror films you know not the great You know, Friday the 13th, but fucking Sunday the 14th or Monday the 11th. All these bullshit, no frills, $800 budget horror shows from yesteryear. And they do talk about some really good cult classics. So go check them out. It is just a very unique show, Texas Podcast Massacre. Another very unique show on YouTube is DJ Dells and his Sneaker Attic podcast. He does podcasts that strictly review sneakers, but he also does a lot of wrestling-related podcasts, a lot of interviews, really, really good people. DJ Dells, you can find him on, on YouTube under the Sneaker Attic. We'll get into some more plugs a little bit later. Now, AEW is in a little controversy right now. I don't even know if they know it. You know, um, Monday I talked a little bit about Cody. I talked a few things about AEW, but one of the things I talked about was Cody saying how, oh, they're going to focus on stats and how people win and how pins are done. And if someone beats someone this way and beats someone or loses to someone that's much heavier than them and blah, 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 and that's how they're going to do ratings. And I went on the show Monday and I said, look, if fucking wrestling is not broken, don't try to fucking fix it or rebuild it. The stats idea has been used in different ways over the years and it never leads to any success because this is still entertainment. All right. You can't try to portray these stats things when you yourselves are the one determining who wins and who loses. It's dumb, it's moronic. And it's very hard to do when you have wrestlers that are not under contract. Pac. That was one of my biggest concerns early on. And out of everybody in the DTKC Super Inner Circle, everybody knows I defended AEW for the most part. I had a couple little issues here and there, but totally behind Conrad with Starcast, Totally have no problem with that. AEW, I want to see succeed. But I also try to keep things in perspective. And the number one thing that I said from day one that I was concerned about is the idea of these contracts. And when you have a lot of people that are not under exclusive deals, you know, if it's going to end up similar to an indie promotion. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Everybody thinks because it may fall in line with other wrestling companies that, oh my God, it's terrible. And that happened today. They announced today that the winner of the 21-man Casino Battle Royal will then go on to face uh, the winner of the match between um, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho to become the first AEW champion. Now, I don't believe that match is happening at double or nothing. That would be stupid. Because Omega and Jericho are going to tear it up for about 20 to 30 minutes they're not going to have a title match the same night. Although I don't think. So the winner of the Battle Royal is going to face the winner of them on the next event, next pay-per-view, I'm assuming. All right? I think on the surface, I don't think anybody has an issue with it. So what are people saying now? Wait a minute. This is what people are saying. They're saying, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. We're going to be different. We're doing stats. We're going to base... You know things on how people win a Senate, but yet the first per the first half of the championship match is going to win based on throwing someone over a top rope. Think about that. That's the backlash today. That oh, you're just doing the fucking WWE Royal Rumble route, and AEW is getting hammered, and fans. Some fans are really torn because they want to blindly support AEW no matter what. But then they're fed this and like, but wait a minute, what happened to stats? What happened to being different? What happened to this? And now all of a sudden somebody wins a battle. is going to get a title shot and blah, blah. The first time around my reaction to all of that, it backs up what I said Friday. AEW does not have to reinvent the wheel. You know, the car, the first car was, Built in what, 1912? Around that time, I'm not going to Google it. I'm not going to pause the show and check it out. But it was in the early 1900s. If I remember correctly, the first car was on four wheels. It had an engine, it had windows, it had doors, okay? I don't see cars now all of a sudden have six wheels. I don't see them having fucking... You understand what I'm saying? Like, they just made the cars better. AEW does not have to fucking reinvent the car or reinvent the wheel, Just make your product better. Just give an entertaining product from beginning to end. And if you do that and stop trying to make it sound like, we're going to do things that other people have not done, and blah, 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 blah. And people are going to hold you accountable. You know, TNA in 2002, you didn't have fucking Twitter. You might have had MySpace, if I remember correctly, but you didn't have Twitter, you didn't have Facebook. So, especially Twitter. You know, TNA promised certain things and then things did not end up the way that it should have. And then you had some people who really weren't on, you know, like deals or exclusive contracts and there was this issue. There weren't thousands of tweets to answer to. Don't fucking promise that you're going to reinvent a whole bunch of shit. Because if it doesn't work, or not only that, the amount of work that is involved to change that. I wouldn't be fucking devoting your time like that. I would just be concerned with getting people under contract, putting out as many shows as you possibly can. You know, their TV's going to start up in October. Again, I still don't know. Are we going to get live shows? Are these just going to be... You know, similar to what ECW was in the early to mid '90s, that you tape an event and you air a couple of clips from the event across two, three weeks to lead up and eventually lead up to a pay per view. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I was fucking diehard ECW fan back then. Did ECW reinvent the wheel? Yeah, they, well, they did a lot of hardcore stuff. They weren't the first one to do hardcore. And if anybody out there thinks so, you know, you're probably just either a very young wrestling fan or you're a dope. So I don't think AEW needs to reinvent the wheel. Just put on a great product. Anyway, their pay-per-view is this weekend. Let me give you the matches. SoCal Uncensored, which is Christopher Daniels, Frank Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky versus Seema T-Hawk and Ed Lindemann. It's a six-man tag match. You know, look, Daniels is up there in age. Kazarian as well, Scorpio Sky, but they're doing a lot of shit for the company. I think SoCal Uncensored should take that one. Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho, you know it's interesting because Jericho, you know he he's just a veteran and he's just a a megastar and Kenny Omega is you know he's still you know becoming a major star in the United States. I think Omega should advance on this one, even though I am a tremendous Jericho fan and he has just absolutely tore it up since leaving WWE. Uh, Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose versus Kylie Rae. Um I'm going to go with, uh, I guess, Britt Baker. Cody versus Dustin, Battle of the Brothers. You know, man, this is so hard because everybody thinks immediately, Cody, you know, all the stuff he's doing for AEW, you know, he's got to be the one getting the victory here and shit like that. Um, I'm going to just... Try to play the wild card and uh, throw a little swerve It. I'm going to go with Dustin. Now, this 21-man casino battle royal, I'm telling you right now, I'm not predicting a winner, and I'll tell you why. They still have, I think, four slots that need to be filled. And I just get this weird feeling that one of those four slots is going to win this battle royal. Right now, the participants announced are Ace Romero, Brandon Cutler, Sonny Kiss, Brian Pillman Jr., Glacier, Sunny Days, Joey Janela, MJF, anybody that's right now saying Glacier, well, you don't follow the Indies all that much lately. Joey Janela, Dustin Thomas, Jimmy Havoc, Billy Gunn, Michael Nakazawa, Jungle Boy, Isaiah Cassidy, Luchasaurus, Mark Quinn, Sean Spears, who was formerly the um, Ty Dillinger in WWE, and four wrestlers to be named later. The Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers. Pentel Zero and Phoenix. It is a tag team match for the AAA World Tag Team Championships. Um, right now, the Young Bucks are the champions. I don't know, man. I always felt like they got the AAA titles, so they would be champions going into this pay per view. I'm gonna go with the Lucha Brothers to win those belts. Kip Sabian versus Sammy Guevara. I'm gonna go with Guevara. We have a six woman tag match featuring Aja Kong. Yuka Sakazaki and Emi Sakura versus Ryo. Some people pronounce it Ryo. And uh, Ryo Mizunami, along with Hikaru Shida. And if you notice, full credit to my history shows it do every week that my Japan has gotten much better. I'm going to go with the team of Aja Kong, Sakazaki and Sakura. And finally, Jack Evans teaming up with Angelico versus Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. I'm going to go with Jack Evans and Angelico. I want to see them get it. So with that, that is your card for AEW this weekend. A lot of people are asking if we're gonna, if for at least I'm gonna do a pay per view recap. Not sure yet. I mean, obviously I'll get into results, but I'm gonna do my damnness to actually uh, make some time and watch it this weekend. To be honest with you, there's really no reason why I shouldn't. It sounds like a strong card. Is it worth sixty bucks? No, in my opinion. But as I have said. For years and years and years, going back to the late 90s with my hotline, when ECW fucking sold VHS tapes for 35 bucks or 30 bucks, when that fucking video came video game came out and it was the drizzling shits, I overpaid because I wanted to be one of the first to play it. All right. I overpaid for a lot of ECW stuff over the years. Why? Because I was a big supporter, a big fan, and I wanted it. So if you're a big supporter of AEW and you want to invest, because that's what it is. It's an investment. All right? The only return you pretty much get is entertainment. You don't get any stock. And speaking of stock, I appreciate everybody who caught on to it. You know, a month ago on Breakfast with Blasi, I got into this whole discussion with WWE with all this crazy revenue that they've made over the last year the stock hitting $100 a share a year ago. How come they still feel like they're booking stuff on the cheap? What did I say a month ago? I think WWE is preparing for this stock to take a nice little dip. Not a tiny little dip, a nice dip. And you can no longer blame it on Khashoggi and everything else. No, I predicted a month ago that that stock is going to be taking a dip very, very soon. Well, a month later, that stock is down... Twenty two percent. Don't get lazy. Do a little search and find out how much revenue, how much worth is twenty two percent. Over hundred million, maybe over two hundred million in worth. I don't know. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I know it's somewhere in that range in one year. They went from $100 a share, now it's like 76 or 77. Now, people are asking me in the last couple of days, hey, what do you think's going to happen with the stock next? I think it's actually going to go back up. In fact, a month from now, I wouldn't be surprised if that stock is back to around, uh, let's do an odd number instead of you know being a safe. Let's go with uh, $86 a share. Let's see a month later how close I am to that. It's going to go back up. Not everything is doom and gloom for WWE, even though a lot of you people out there think I'm their dick suckers for some reason, even though I criticize them quite a bit. Uh, Let's see what else we could get into. Um, You know what? Before I do get into anything else, I want to give a shout-out to our new and returning patrons. First, our two newest associate producers, Chris Harris and Keith Doherty. Shout-out to Savas Batsavanos, Sammy Setke, Jose Fuentes, Jason Hotskins, Chris Kazemi, Jaden The Shape, 1978, Dwight Lake, Richard Brown, Aaron uh, Jackson, Don Tony's Whittle Kitty, James Paris, Paul Doonan, Danny Wilde, Gary McNaughton, and Pepsi Bello. And I know some of you out there, I don't even know what Whittle Kitty means. I haven't even looked it up. My guess is it's probably a fucking... Baby Kitty. I have no idea. Anyway, um, let's see. Adam Alisea was listening to the recap. Thinks they put the briefcase with Brock so he could show up at any time. Duh. And I say that jokingly. He could still be a part-time player. And the logic seems it could be for the surprise element. Duh. Even if they put him in a program with Seth Rollins. Now, I want to just stop there before he goes any further. You know, word around the campfire is that Brock is going to cash in his briefcase Monday so he could face Seth Rollins at the uh, Saudi Arabia event, Super Showdown. Makes sense. Um, Interesting that WWE has decided to get both briefcases added away within two, three weeks of money in the bank. Think about that. Within two, three weeks, both briefcases are gone. So that storyline of you know the year long, six months long, three months long, anything can happen at any time thing, nah, it ain't happening this year. So it looks like that Brock will cash in the briefcase. I, personally, I don't understand why they just didn't announce Brock versus Seth for the pay-per-view and then tease the briefcase for something else. But hey, this is how they want to do it. I got news for you. I wouldn't be surprised to entice... Saudi Arabia to make, to, to make them feel that the event is even more special, that WWE told them that they're going to do a storyline where that briefcase, where the storyline usually goes almost a year, that we're going to cash in and after, after two weeks, we're going to announce that Brock Lesnar is going to face Seth Rollins in your country. Doesn't surprise me. And look, as I talked about yesterday on DTKC Show Extra on Patreon with Mish and Kev Castle, you know, we don't want to repeat Discussions that we had there, because look, you miss it, you miss it. I mean, I'm not saying it would be spiteful or anything, but one thing I did say yesterday: um, Dolph Ziggler showing up last night. Anybody follows my Twitter, you saw what I did. Um, He cut this very passionate promo, very emotional. You know, to the point where it looks like he was almost crying. And we've talked about in that in the past with Charlotte that sometimes you get so intense in a moment, that you start crying. doesn't mean you're sad, and it almost looked like that uh, Dov Ziggler was going to start crying. Now, I wrote jokingly on social media um, that in case you still didn't understand why Dov Ziggler came back at this particular time, let me translate it into easier, simpler terms you could understand, and I wrote it in Arabic, and when people translated it, it said, I did it. For The Prince. Yeah, a little joke to The Rock, but I did it for The Prince. Dolph Ziggler is back because of Saudi Arabia. There's reports that Kevin Owens didn't want to go this time around. WWE respected that. So they made an offer to Dolph Ziggler that he couldn't refuse, and he's going to be facing coffee in Saudi Arabia. Now, for anybody out there, it's you know, it's, you know, it's funny, and I'm not going to single anybody out, but this just goes to what I said earlier about stupidity. A lot of the people who are angry at WWE continuing to work with Saudi Arabia despite what's been going on in their country, they've been voicing out and having a passionate view on it, which I respect, but yet they are upset with Kevin Owens for backing out and not wanting to appear. Think about that for a minute. You're trashing WWE for going to Saudi Arabia, And then a wrestler decides he doesn't want to go and you trash him. Which one is it? I'm serious. I read that quite a few times today. And I wanted so bad to fucking respond. but I was like, you know, fuck them. Fuck them all. It's just the way I feel. Um... And as I said Sunday night, you know, you can't discount that teaser that he's going to cash in on coffee, but I don't see that happening. Speaking of SmackDown, I got to mention this because somebody pointed this out today, which really surprised me. Um, On the WWE website right now, they have Becky Lynch still being advertised as a SmackDown superstar, yet she is the Raw Women's Champion. Now, what have you heard? including us, she was the Raw Women's Champion now, and now with her being a Raw Women's Champion, she's going to stay on Raw and focus on Raw. Makes common sense. WWE's still advertising her as a SmackDown wrestler who happens to have the Raw, Raw title. Then why are people shocked when Becky Lynch shows up on SmackDown? And I'm not talking about fans. I'm talking about WWE, the announcers, the commentators, You know, you may not pick up on it, but a lot of us do. Why would the commentators be surprised if Becky shows up on SmackDown with the World Women's Championship if she is still classified as a SmackDown wrestler? See what I mean? You know, WWE's trying to be cutesy with uh, some of their, the way they use some of their talents. And, you know, the, the idea of the wild card has been blown out of proportion. And, you know, we have talked about this not too long ago. We mentioned on Breakfast Soup last week Uh, would not surprise me if WWE, this whole superstar shakeup, was just, you know, I mean, obviously it's done to try to uh, pop a rating, but at the same time, though, they had no intention on moving anybody really to different brands other than really, like, you know, down-the-card talent. Sure, you had a couple of people here and there that move Finn Balor and others, but for the most part, like the Usos or Roman Reigns or Becky Lynch or something like that, you know, it's like they really never had any intention on taking them off the brand that they were on. So they use Roman Reigns as the wild card to be on Raw. And when it comes to SmackDown, Becky Lynch will remain a SmackDown star who happens to have the Raw women's belt. So anyway... Um you know, I I want to mention this too because a lot of people think it's cute and it's funny and they think it's and this is weird because I'm going to take I'm actually going to defend Sasha Banks. Not really defend her, but I'm not going to criticize her. You know, people find it cute. They found a banner on WWE.com. When you cancel your WWE Network subscription, they have a series of banners that are basically saying, you know, don't don't cancel. Think about it. You know, maybe we could change your mind. And they have various wrestlers, Cena, a few others. Well, they also have Sasha Banks. And there's an ad right now that pops up randomly. If you try to cancel your network subscription, it'll say, Don't quit, be legit. And it's a picture of Sasha Banks. So right away, everybody's like, Oh, snap. WWE just threw shade on Sasha. Look, don't quit, be legit. That banner's been on their website since last year, everybody. And you know it's pathetic? A lot of people listening right now, you knew that also, because we talked about it already. But they actually alerted those websites and social media pages that that banner's been up since last year. You think they took their news article down? No. They knew it was there since last year, but they still did it as clickbait. They want you to click on the article anyway. Bullshit. Fuck you. Anyway, I tell you, this surprised the shit out of me. A couple of days ago, the National Wrestling Hall of Fame announced their inductees for the class of 2019. And one of the names on the list was Bruno Sammartino. I actually did a double take. I actually had to like go read the article myself and say, wait a minute, after all these years, Bruno is not a Hall of Fame inductee already? Apparently not, and that's just mind-boggling. But anyway, for those that are curious, the class of 2019 is Beth Phoenix, Bruno Thunderbolt Patterson, Sergeant Slaughter, Brian Shields, and Daniel Cormier. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter, Beth Phoenix, and Brian Shields are attending. Um, Daniel Cormier cannot. He's getting the George uh, Tragos Award. I know some of you pronounce it Tragos. Uh, Also... Natty, Sheamus, Jim Ross, JJ Dillon, Brian Blair, uh, Brian Blair, Gerald Briscoe, Rob Schomberger, which I believe is the artist for WWE, Victoria, Ultimo Dragon, Wes Briscoe, Brian Pillman Jr., Tony Gurria, Nick Dinsmore, James Beard, Charlie Dez, Tony Gurria. <laughs> Somebody actually listed Wade Keller's name in there as well. Yeah, okay. That's almost like when you go to like a convention and they advertise it like I don't know, the Mid-Atlantic Convention. And then you see Maven advertised for it as well or a wrestler that just seems way out of place. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, 24-7 title. We had a lot to say about it the last 48 hours. I guess that's what WWE wanted, right? Well, you know, I made this comment yesterday. I'm sticking to it. After digesting this for about 36 hours, this feels like the Benny Hill title. And I'm not gonna praise or trash this title yet. It is way too early to tell. But one thing WWE's got to be very careful about is this cannot turn into the avoidance title. And what I mean by that is can't be a Tom and Jerry, Tom Cat and Jerry Mouse Chase, or the Roadrunner and Wildy Coyote, you know, every week. All right. You wanna do it once in a while, that's fine. But if you're going to win the title just to run away all the time, the avoidance title, and it's going to bomb very quickly. WWE, back in the day with the hardcore title, did do segments like that where people would escape. I gave a a couple of good examples last night. My favorite hardcore match of all time in the WWE for the WWE hardcore title is, you know, one that involved a lot of avoidance. But the point is, there's got to be a balance. You know, there's got to be some weeks where somebody actually defends the title in the ring. And after the match is over, you don't have 30 people coming out to chase that person all the time. It's going to get old very, very fast. And I understand the temptation to do it because it's lazy writing. But in some scenarios, if it's not done repeatedly, it's going to just look really, really dopey. So I am not shitting on this title at all. In fact, you know, I'm very supportive of it. I've wanted the hardcore title back for years. If if somebody would have said to you in the past, look, um, okay, which belt do you want it back? Oh, I want the hardcore title back more than anything. Okay, what if I told you that they would bring it back, but it's got to go under a different name? You know what most people would say? Oh, call it whatever they want. Let them call it whatever they want. That's fine as long as we get some type of title and it's a little bit different. And I think it'll be so much better on this is an alto. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, anyway, Jeffrey Collins. Do I feel like R-Truth might be the crash alley 24-7 title? You're coming up with that after 24 hours. You know, I said originally on Monday. I did not see any women interacting with the men because the men could hit the women. Um, excuse me, the women could hit the men, but the men cannot retaliate. So now I actually see a little bit of a scenario possibly happening. Maybe Carmela turns on our truth in a light uh, Excuse me. You know, I, I feel really rude yawning on these shows, but here's the facts. I only got two hours sleep on Monday. Yesterday I only got maybe three hours sleep And Sunday night we did the pay-per-view recap and went 30 minutes way too long And then I had to edit and splice and codec and shit I probably have gotten maybe nine hours sleep Since Saturday night I'm not kidding So I'm home for lunch And I don't even get to like relax and have lunch Because I love all of you out there And I'm not saying that for Everybody say oh Don Tony you do so much for us I love doing these And I love the fact that you enjoy them and we all one big family. And I'm not saying that to pander. We really are. You know, it's amazing to look back, even a year ago, and you go back with me in the hotline days, from 1997 to maybe 2001, oh, I'm the nicest guy, or even the XPW stuff, oh, he does so much for us with the bus trips and this and that. And then for some reason, from 2002 to maybe a year ago, you know, I, I, a lot of people would just, you know, oh, he's a dick. He's an asshole. Can't approach him. Can't say this and that. And I just, I made a conscious decision less than a year ago. I said, you know what, man? Some of you out there are so dedicated for what's done on these shows. And I said, you know, enough of this bullshit of just, you know, complaining and hating and shitting on stuff. And then when New Year's came around, People ask me, what's your New Year's rev- resolution? I never answered because if I wouldn't have come through, uh, people would have ripped me to pieces. And if I would have said it back then, the end of December, people would have laughed and said, yeah, okay, that's going to last one week. And my New Year's resolution was if if people felt that I was going balls out between these shows and the Patreon shows, that I was going to increase that by 100%. And not only that, I was going to open my book as much as possible. I was going to smile more. I was going to treat people with respect a shit lot more. Yes, we goof on the goofy podcasts and the websites. I try not to individually name people. I try to do it in a more generalistic term because, look, it's very frustrating. I mean, the Kayla Braxton story was the quintessential example of that. You had all these websites writing this exaggerated shit about Kayla Braxton at the airport with the so-called wannabe Uber guy. The guy was a creep. The guy, she did everything right. And she was warning women online, don't fall for this. Nine times out of 10, it's just a guy trying to get a payday without paying his boss and doing it on this, as a side job. But that one time out of 100, I know I said nine out of 10 but I mean 99 out of 100 times. But that one time, it could be someone with some really horrible motives in mind. There's a reason why when you do Uber or Lyft or anything else, they give you the plate number, the name of the person. This way it gives you comfort and you feel like, okay, I can trust them, and I know I'm not gonna find a stranger. Look at that tragedy that happened about six months ago. A woman went to a bar and she thought she was getting into her Uber to go home. And a guy fucking raped and killed her. And it wasn't an Uber driver. he was pretending to be one. So I get it. What happened to Kayla Braxton? That's scary shit. You know, even though, you know, notice when people first started bringing the story to me, my first reaction was, okay, um, where do I see the police being notified? If she was, uh, uh, if it was an abduction attempt, where's the report of the cops and this and that? Warning people on Twitter without cops, it just didn't, something felt like it was wrong. And I didn't want to say anything negative about Kayla Braxton because I honestly didn't know what was the complete story. So I kept my mouth shut. I did a little research. And then I found that people were coming to their own conclusions. Notice how they keep coming to these wrong conclusions repeatedly. But yet when someone dies, they have the perfect conclusion for everything. They know everything. They know everything, they know nothing. They know nothing Take your sources that said the legend's title on Monday And everything like that And shove it up your ass, seriously Anyway um, I want to see Lars get the 24-7 belt And I want to see him come out And fucking challenge anybody And nobody comes out Fucking stop this chasing shit Do it in spurts Don't make it the regular thing It's got to be a balance have matches without people running out in 5, 10, and 20. Have matches once in a while when no one comes out. And then sometimes you could be in a situation. But I do want to see skits. I want to see all truth in a restaurant. I want to see him at a toy store. I want to see him on the fucking street. I want to see him in a park. I mean, now because they do stuff with camera phones for WWE television, he could be fucking sleeping in his house. And maybe, I don't know if he's married. I never bothered to look at his personal life. His wife could fucking pin him for all I can't. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, be a little bit creative with this stuff. Little simple things people remember 20 years from now. I always, When I think of hardcore tile from back then, I think of memory, mem- many memories. But when I think of props, I think of Al Snow's bowling ball. Come on, something simple that we haven't thought of yet will be used and people will fucking remember it 20 years from now. Mr. Wombat. Hey, are you doing, Mr. Wombat? Every time I hear his name, Mr I'm not trying to make fun. He knows that. Our patrons at sending topics for the shows are awesome. But Every time I hear his name, I think of Caddy Shack and Rodney Dangerfield. Remember we' in the golf store? Mr. Wang. You know, give him balls, this, that, Hey, Mr. Wang. Hey, what are you doing, Mr. Wang? Mr. Wombat. MLW and CMLL are on YouTube. Impact the AAA or on Twitch. Twitch. Every time I say that, some people are like, you sound like Donald Trump. Twitch. Notice I keep the political talk off these shows as much as possible now. I have a separate show that I get into politics stuff. But wrestling shows, I try to keep it off. Unless people really want me to tackle a specific thing. New Japan Pro Wrestling, Stardom. Or you know, similar prices. WWE Network. Those are just a few promotions. Why are so many people waiting for AEW when there's a number of alternatives out there? Because everybody's looking for the, the the golden egg. Everybody's looking for the golden egg. Lucha Underground was great, but I remember a couple of years ago saying, you know, I'm not convinced about their future. I don't like these seasonal promotions. You know. And, and I don't like when AEW says, we're not having an off-season. Pro wrestling shouldn't have an off-season. You want to give wrestlers a month off to relax and recharge and be with their family? Fine. I think it should be done on podcast. In fact, in the next couple of weeks, I will be taking a week off. Mr. Castle will be taking a week off from Monday. You, know, you need to take some time off. Now, obviously, we're not comparing us to wrestlers, but you know, you, there is no off-season. There is no, and you know why there's no off season? Because you don't want people who are going to fall out of wrestling for a couple of months and then never come back. So the idea of being a climax or, you know, continuation every week leaves people that want to tune into the following week. Just back in the day, you know, we used to hear, we're out of time, come back next week. I don't understand why they don't do that right now. They go off the air at 11 o'clock, they're forced to, there's no more overrun. Why aren't they fucking saying, we're out of time, we gotta go, blah, 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 blah. Let people get angry, it's a USA. Come on, man, five more minutes. They don't do that. That's fucking easy shit. And oh, how do you all like my idea? I said it yesterday, I gotta take a little credit for it. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but I, I, I like trying to think of really outside the box, but I mean really outside the box. We we don't know what's going on with Rey Mysterio. The US title future is gonna be addressed on Monday. Ray, rumors, he was seen at Dr. James Andrews. He's injured, he's not injured, it's storyline, it's not storyline. Well, I came up with an idea. Whether he's injured or he's quote unquote injured, you could do one of two things. Ray doesn't want to give up the belt, is reluctant to give up the belt feels like he has no choice but to give up the belt. Maybe Samoa Joe forces him to give up the belt in front of him. I don't think they'll do a Shane Douglas with Shawn Michaels where he's handed the title because there is no title match scheduled where Ray has to forfeit. But maybe Samoa Joe forces Ray to turn it over and Ray's got the the puppy eyes and everything. And Dominic, you know, just spits out, I'll defend the title for your dad. And for anybody out there that thinks it's a dopey idea, didn't Drew Maverick just lose the tag belts not too long ago because he wrestled in an AOP match? Let me, no, I'm good, let me be in this match. WWE's done it. Didn't Leo Rush, wasn't there someone with Leo Rush where he got pinned because he wanted to be in the match with Lashley? So don't give me, oh, yeah. So I thought, you know what, maybe Dominic could offer, or you could do the opposite. Samoa Joe could suggest to Ray that Dominic defend the title. For him. We don't know what Dominic could do. I think that's the greatest thing about it. Yeah, I don't like his haircut. He's goofy. He looks too generic. He don't look like a wrestler. But you know what? That whole storyline might be the perfect thing. He don't look like he wrestles. But we hear great things. Lance Storm taught him good. So you could see the match happening. Samoa Joe... Thinks he's got it in the bag, playing around, pushing him around, you know, just, like, acting like I don't want to hurt you. I'm going to, you you're just a kid and blah, 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 blah. And the next thing you know, fucking Dominic throws move after, move after move after move after move after move. And people are just like, holy fucking shit. Look at this guy go. And he gets the surprise win on Samoa. Or you could go to WWE cheap route. For everybody says always defend WWE. And he does this the schoolboy. I think that's great. Does that idea sound a little familiar, that last part? I wanted that to be for Eva Marie. Everybody thought Eva Marie wrestled like shit. She had quite a few matches in NXT. Was she great? No. But you saw little clips of her trying to really improve, and you thought that, hey, maybe she can do a little bit. I wanted them to not showcase anything at all. Don't even show a hint that she could wrestle a little bit. Then they do a match and she fucking just whips out a bunch of moves and people are just like, huh? (laughs) What the fuck did I just see? I think that would have been perfect. Didn't work out, but I'm telling you, what do you think about my Dominic idea? I I definitely tweeted it. And I'm not saying the first person that came up with that. But I checked and I didn't see anybody before I did. Just an idea. Uh, Don, do I think Bailey cashing in so quickly is how WWE views the women in general? No, I think the suspension of the briefcase is probably uh, over exceeded its welcome for the time being. And like I said, don't be surprised when in a month both briefcases are cashed in. And they move on to other ideas, which actually I don't have a problem with. Um, getting back to Mr. Wombat. Hey, Mr. Wombat, Uh, why is there so much backlash about the Saudi shows when the same people complaining will give WWE money? It's the outrage online. You know, people don't know when to keep their outrage and views to themselves. They need that acknowledgement back. They need to be tweet fucked. They need to be tweet-fucked with their mind and sometimes tweet-fucked by whacking off. Oh, my God, this attractive girl liked my tweet. She's actually talking to me. She's actually responding back to me. Holy shit, she's got some sexy pictures. And they whack off. Think I'm kidding? No, I don't do that, by the way. I know people are like, yeah, right. Why are you saying it? No, no, seriously. That's one of the things that I fucking predicted about social media. And I don't predict everything. A lot of you out there predict this up too. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'm the one with the microphone. If all of you had microphones too, you'd all have, would have said most of this too. I'm not taking sole credit for it, but you could see this a mile away. I mean, that's why I keep fucking writing the nasty shit that I write on Twitter about these people. Because when I gave the family guy example earlier... They ain't the only show that came up with this revolutionary, funny, you know, moment. They are poking fun at what happens all the time on social media. There is an addiction going on right now. And that addiction is being tweet fucked, being mind fucked. That a lot of people out there have gotten so addicted to getting responses. Think about it. You're watching Raw, and does you know why do you have to write about after every match or every moment? Why are you writing it? Even for podcasters that do shows during the week, why? Maybe for them because they want to express their opinion for their listeners, and that is fine. No problem at all. But for others out there, you know, when, when somebody writes a comment and they fucking do at blah 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 and they include like 15 people in their one liner. You're basically saying, hey, look what I said Like it, please Oh my god, now for young fans There is nothing wrong with that Being acknowledged from a famous wrestler Somebody you like Or someone that's larger than life Or your favorite show That's cool When you see fucking grown ass 30, 40, 50, 60 year old adults doing it Man, something wrong there And it's pathetic you see people online. I'm telling you, people, if you think I'm exaggerating, take a step back for a minute. Take someone who who you may b- believe is doing that. Or sometimes you think I'm individually picking people out. Take a step back and look at these all these profiles. Did you believe that this could have something to do with? And what you will find is my god, blah 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 as Forrest as Gump not for one year, not for two years, not for five years, for years and years and years. This person has been writing this and saying this and writing that. There's never been one person to back up the story. There's never been one photo. There's never been one video in the the day of 2019 where everything is being fucking recorded for every little reason. There is no photogenic proof of anything. And it's a competition. It is a mental competition. He's getting 100 likes. I have to write something even more catchy. I need 100 likes. Oh, we saw something on TV about, you know, women being being abused. Of course it's disgusting. If you're offended by that, if you're offended by animal abuse, if you're offended by violence, if you're offended by racism, of course you should be outraged. That's a good thing if you're outraged. That means if you're outraged, it diminishes the chance of you doing it inside. But the fact that you got to speak out and voice out and and comment about every little thing and when nobody pays attention, you got to up it a notch. You got to amp it up a notch. You got to retweet it. You got to talk about something else and this, that. And then you get a little bit of acknowledgement or notice. You know, it feels good. It feels good to write something and people feel the same way as you. But when you take that and you abuse it and now you don't go out anymore. You don't go out on dates You don't try to get a better job. You don't try to do this. You don't try to do that. You don't try to make friends. You don't try to socialize. You don't try to do anything. You don't do anything to improve your life. Why the fuck should I take advice from people online that are shadier than a fucking bookshelf that hasn't had pledge in about 20 years? I mean, just dusty, shady. As Mish said yesterday, a plastic cup. I mean, someone that's just, there's no no pages open whatsoever. All you, you take a step back and you realize, my God, I've been following this person for 10 years and their profile is a cartoon character and their nickname is fake. And I don't even know where the person lives. And this person has made every claim and did everything and rescued people from burning buildings and rescued animals from 18-foot trees and fucking helped a bum, you know, with a job and did this and that and fucking got laid by five women the other night and blah, 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 and all this stuff for years and years and years, and then you realize, my God, this person is the fucking guy in a hospital bed and on the fucking family guy thing because you create this fake profile about yourself because you want to feel important. You want to feel wanted. It is an addiction to be... Pop- you think of... Kids, grammar school, high school, a lot of people want to feel popular. They want to feel like they're the leader of a movement without working, without actually doing stuff. Oh, I'll tweet. I'll tweet. Oh, my God, let's start this crusade against WWE. How am I going to do it? i tweet. i tweet. But meanwhile, you don't do fucking nothing in real life. You do nothing. So that's the lazy way of popularity. That's the lazy way of feeling important. And that's fucking pathetic. And the Saudi shows, same thing as Ashley Mazzaro. Wasn't 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago that that article came out. That article came out two and a half years ago about the military incident and the rape and the allegation that Vince told her to suck it up or whatever else. And they fucking ignored it. Why? Because if they would have talked about it at that time since 99% of the people ignored it, that they would have gotten maybe two hearts, two likes, and that's not good enough. So now because everybody's talking about it, now I'll get all passionate, write all these articles because, holy shit, I'm getting 117 likes. You know, when you're real, when you are true, to your feelings and you are true for your emotions and you are true to, you know, how you express yourself, you get outraged and you talk about it whether one person is paying attention or a million people are paying attention. And when you see all these fucking people come out of the woodworks now with all these fucking crusades and vents and right, this, and that, well, you didn't give a fuck two and a half years ago. Sorry, you get no credibility from me whatsoever. And when you want to give advice and fucking tell people this or offer this, or this, and that, and you are fucking, there is, nobody knows nothing about you online other than the bullshit that you've fed Sorry, I ain't buying into your shit. And it's sad because there are a boatload of people that do that. Sadly, some people listening do that. It's addicting. It's tempting. I don't blame people for, you know, feeling that way. But, man, you know, if you lead by example, remember that phrase, lead by example, not lead by tweet. There's a big difference. I choose to lead by example. Should the Ashley Mazzaro affidavit get more trash? Wow, that's funny, Mr. Wombat, because I didn't even look at your question before. Yeah. And thank you for your service, Mr. Wombat, by the way. He is a veteran. I forgot to mention that earlier. Cockboy. Yeah, look, we go back and forth with topics. Have ever gotten head blowjob while I'm driving on a highway? No. Why does New York have shitty gun laws? Here in Jersey, we could legally defend ourselves with pepper spray, mace, Swiss knives... With a gun license, you could obtain a gun and legally shoot a killer trespasser and invade your home. New York, on the other hand, doesn't permit any of those. I find that a little kind of tight, you know, as far as the way you're describing it. I know my father carries. Uh, I know that if somebody would have broke into our home at that time, my father would have defended himself and sure, maybe he would have had to have gone downtown and be investigated a little bit, but there are have been stories here in New York of people defending themselves. And as long as they had everything legally, they did not get in trouble with the law. Yeah, New York gun laws. Look, it's tragic to see all the shootings that have been elevated at churches and mosques and schools. But the one common denominator about all of them is that people are going to areas where they're the fewest, the chance of the fewest guns being around, especially churches. They don't want to put an armed guard at a church. Oh, it doesn't look right. Motherfucker, I want to be protected. I want to feel that it's safe when I go to church. Yeah, you know, oh, I'm not gonna to go to church because I don't feel comfortable because of God outside. I hate this over-the-top PC stuff. If I'm a fucking criminal, I'm not a criminal and I'm not a shooter. You know, I just try to play devil's advocate and wonder like if I was nuts and I wanted to fucking shoot up a bunch of people, where am I going to go? I'm going to go someplace where the chances are there's nobody to shoot back at me that might be able to get away. So what do you do? You go to soft targets. That's what they're called. So just because you have the strictest gun laws doesn't necessarily mean you're going to you're going to stop gun violence. But I do believe mental illness is a huge factor. And I have said, even though I'm a conservative Republican, but I believe in stronger background checks. The shit that I had to go through with the FBI to get my insurance license to sell insurance for Florida, you wouldn't believe it. I think people would have an easier time getting a gun license. I'm not kidding. I had to do such a crazy background check with the FBI in order to get my insurance license for Florida. So you want a gun that bad? If you have to wait a week, because they have to do an extensive background check, so be it. I can't understand why there's so much of a problem of waiting a week. What's the fucking rush? I'm going hunting Saturday? I gotta have the gun now? Well, guess what? You should have done it a little bit sooner. Oh, New Japan, you canceled their show in California. Oh, it's because of the fucking walkout in the gut. No, it wasn't. You waited too long. You know, people like to fucking wait too long for shit. No, if you, you're fucking planning ahead... I might go to fucking WrestleMania next year. In about two months, I'm going to start looking into plane fare and tickets and hotel. I ain't going to wait till Saturday, the Hall of Fame day, to try to figure shit out. When we did the get-together in Brooklyn, we had two years' advance notice to get our shit together. And I had the fucking crazy diverticulitis surgery that almost prevented me from going. But I said, there's no way I'm not going to go. And so many people thought that I was lying through my teeth. That's why I posted the videos of the cannolis and going to pick them up, and this is an and blah, 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 blah. I want to assure people that I was going to go. So look, you want something, you prepare for it. Anyway, uh, what's my opinion on Byron Saxton? I think he's improved quite a bit. Um, I actually have no problem with Byron Saxton on commentary. Is he a lead commentator? No, I actually like... um, Mouthfuck Tom. I think uh, Tom has really improved quite a bit, even more than Byron Saxton. I actually like Byron Saxton, Tom Phillips, and Corey Graves on commentary. I love when they goof on each other and then they have to mute their mics or fucking step on the mute pedal if they have one and fucking laugh up a storm because it's just so natural sometimes. So I actually uh, like him and... I have defended Renee Young, man. That this is a new thing for her to do. Live in front of millions of people every week. That's a lot of, you know, work to do. She ain't going to be a a star overnight doing this on the mic. There is a ton of pressure. Not only is there a ton of pressure, there's a ton of timing. There's a ton of timing. You got to pick your spots when to talk. And... Corey Graves and Michael Cole sometimes will pause so she can talk. So she has to have the wherewithal to spot that and have the instinct to respond. It's not easy. So if everybody out there that just fucking is crucifying her this soon, I think it's a little unfair. Just my opinion. Uh, John Coffey, um... He wanted to thank Mish. Uh, poop Knife saved his life. Do we see Charlotte and Becky take a part in the next sex season of Total Divas since their relationships are so public? No, just because you have a relationship doesn't mean you have to be on a diva show. Um, I think if they want to do it, if they're offered the right money, that they'll do it. I don't think that they would do it simply because they're having a relationship right now. No, I think that's a little off. In fact, I made the little comment yesterday. It'd be nice to see uh, Seth Rollins show up on SmackDown once in a while, a little bit more, you know. Is WWE more concerned about making a superstar under their conditions or a superstar getting gener- generically over with the crowd? Oh, you should know that, John. I talk about it almost every show. Things have to happen generically. It has to happen, or- well, not generically, use gener- I use the term organically. Things have to be organic. That's what Becky Lynch, that's how she got over originally, You know, she was always over. But she got extremely over with the crowd last year. It happened organically. It was not planned. Rusev Day happened organically. It was not planned. You know, things have to happen organically. And when it feels too forced, a lot of times it doesn't work. The Rock, when he turned into The Rock, when he was Rocky Maivia, a lot of that stuff happened organically. It wasn't forced. Sure, maybe he was being pushed. Uh, a little bit too much when he was young. But as far as his character and his attitude, a lot of that was organic. Just a lot of shit with the Austin stuff, they took their time. They let it build organically. Unfortunately, in this day and age, you know, because their ratings are down, because their revenue is down, because their house show attendance is down, there's a, a sense of urgency. We don't have time. wait for certain things to develop organically and I truly believe that they feel that way if they had so many different things going on great at the same time then you can utilize you know some extra time to get someone over a little bit more organically and the problem is you could see with some of the lower card talent they try to organically get them over next thing you know three months gone by and they're off TV WWE just moves on to the next person and it's just the way it is. You know, you got to, you know, hit hit while the iron is hot. You got to strike while the iron is hot. And look, I, I like the idea as well as far as Lars winning the 24-7 title. I just don't think people should keep, you know, that their only way of trying to win it is to attack them from behind. I think people should be scared and say, no, no, no. It ain't worth it right now. No, thank you. I'll wait till fucking Drake Maverick gets the title. Then I'll fucking do something about it. Um. Shout out to our associate producers, Tygsy Bowers, Chris Harris, Keith Doherty, Cockboy, Roger Rubio, Orhan Martin, Ernesto Defensive, Fatty316, The Man, Stan Loudon, D-Boy Gentleman, Kane Shaw, Timothy Keel, Simon Hoodie Hood, James Mills, Brandon Davidson, C.M. Black, Tom Baffa, Tamina's Pocket Toy, John Krauser, Sheffield Mercury, Jacob Eston. And by the way, going forward on the shows, Monday and Wednesday, um, I'm going to really... Break up the plugs Meaning that You know Get into a few Every few minutes This way we don't Just get into a list At the end I don't like doing it At the very end I think you guys Should be acknowledged Much earlier in the night Just that sometimes There's so many things Going on You lose your train of thought Next thing you know you know, an hour, hour and a half go by and then you forget to, you know, get in some more plugs. So starting Monday, that is going to be addressed a little bit differently. Plus, as I said on Monday, our Monday show, we are now starting to gun for a finish time at 12.30 a.m. Eastern. No, it is not to try to force people to join Patreon or anything like that. It's just that I I cannot survive anymore on only two hours sleep on Monday nights. All right, it's very, you know, look, I don't know what my co-host does during the day. I don't, but I don't think he has to get up at six o'clock in the morning to go to work. I do. So, you know, unfortunately I need to finish the show at a reasonable hour live so I could, you know, get sleep. And not only that, it's not, you know, eat, work, sleep, do shows, sleep. You know, I got regular everyday life stuff to do as well. So it gets very hectic very quickly and it gets a little draining. So... We have to fit two pounds of bologna in one pound bags from, from now on. Having uh, 20 minute conversations about Rebby Sky tweeting a flower, that shit ain't happening no more. <laughs> Sorry, that ain't happening no more. Uh, Jay Smoothie, Virginia George, Michael John Buchanan, Matthew, Joseph Nikoluk, Stell, Rob from Nashville, John Krauser, Tony, Michael Rhino, Bad Boy Nico, Paul Convoy, Daniel Williams, Dan Hayes Valdez, Justin Rebstock, John Miller, Mark Redmond, John Steck, John Coffey, Andrew914, Zach Spoonamore, Jerry Stewart, Magic Johnson, Paul Woods Jr., Rich Maharg, Adam DeMoy, Diogo Nobre. Diogo, the uh, Andre the Giant Chile shirt is on its way to me already. So I think it'll be shipped out and heading over to Brazil sometime, uh, I would say, by probably by Friday. Michael Cuomo, Daniel Warren, Brian Byrne, Rob McCabe, the Isaac Fox, Spider Lewin, Brandon Rice, Julian LeBlanc, Canada Gay Banana, Carl Buteau, a.k.a. Cheese of Rice, Douglas McKay, Murrow Coombs Jr., Russell Zavala, Donald J. Trump, James Deal, Crestman, C.J. Uihara, Scott Woodford, J. Jason Pratt, Josh Wilson, Mandingo Chamberlain, Lucia Dalban, Bob O'Meck, Tim Everhart, Jeffrey Collins, Mark Israel, James Gruesome, Mark... Uh, Wow, I'm getting tongue-tied. Anthony Smith, because my lunch hour is uh, already over. Got to head back to the office. Out in the here, Aaron Kloss, Aaron Walker, Brent Webster, al Hashmi, Nico Time, snap out of it. I just slapped myself in the face. Billy Taylor, Nico Time, Switch Babe, Courtney Summers. Courtney, I need an update. How everything's going with the podcast. Chuck Lentz, Brandon Foley, Michael Westfall, Johnny Marin, uh, for everybody who supports Undercover Capes, Bob O'Mac, his podcast, Christ in the Toyverse, uh, no longer use the YouTube channel. From now on, update your bookmarks, undercovercapes.com. In the category selection, select Toyverse. You get the podcast there. Shoot the Defense by soccer fans, for soccer fans, hosted by Stel. You can find them on Twitter at Shoot the Defense. And I legit really did slap myself in the face. Not hard, but, you know, try to wake myself up a little bit. The fuck is going on here? Rocked reviews. I told, always try to, like, compare it to the Texas Podcast Massacre. They're totally different. One does movies, one does music. But rocked reviews just reviews albums in such a unique way. You don't even have to like the music. And the podcast is so entertaining. There's so many of you out there that have become fans of their work. I'm telling you, if you've never checked them out, they're on YouTube. It's free. You'll have a ball. SubzeroComics.com for all your wrestling comic book and pop culture collectible needs. Elman Shaw has a great display store. His pop culture artwork on metal. He actually does this artwork, and it's awesome. I actually, when I start video podcasting, you will see some of his artwork in the background. Not because he sent it for plugs, but I bought it. Shit's good. Yours Best Bargains, LLC. For all your, you know, everyday needs with some collectibles. He has an Amazon store and an eBay store. Mike is very good people. And uh, Raul Romo. He has an eBay site, the House of Cards, Pro Wrestling Cards, packs, other vintage stuff. And I got to thank you, Raul. Uh, A couple of, well, about a week ago, I bought a few packs of cards from his page to give to my nephew. And uh, he sent me a couple of surprises, some vintage cards of uh, some of my favorites, Cactus Jack, Terry Funk, Backlund, others. And man, as I said yesterday and Monday, that little tobacco-looking-like card of Terry Funk, uh, oh man, it was so cool. So cool, right on my desk. Loved it, thank you. And that's it, everybody. I'm out of time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Breakfast with Blossy. Look, if you're newer to the show, you know, this is not reporting news. This is obviously getting into news, but it's all discussion. And on occasion, I do incorporate questions from some of our patrons because on the other shows as well, they set the foundation as far as their associate producers, They give a lot of input as far as what's discussed on the shows and what is not discussed on the shows. They lay the foundation down. I build on it. And hopefully when the show is over with, at the end, you absolutely love the conversation. For anybody out there who is a goofy podcaster, who is a goofy website host, who is a fucking goofy person online that thinks I'm pointing the finger out towards you, I'm going to say this with all due respect. I am not perfect. I have a boatload of of faults. I do come off as an asshole a lot on these shows. And yeah, I fucking, you know, act conceited and I brag a lot. I know I brag that, you know, to piss off the haters more than anything. But one thing I know for sure deep down inside is that, you know, I bust my ass just like 95% of everybody who's listening as well. We leave our house and we go bust our ass to make our lives better, to put money in our pocket and do things. And, you know, to to just sit at home and fucking do shit on Twitter almost 24-7 and then fucking make these fake auras about yourselves and then, you know, just these crazy fucking outrage. Again, especially for, for the websites and the podcasters, Two and a half years ago, you didn't give a shit that Ashley was accused, accusing WWE of uh telling her to, you know, suck up about being sexually assaulted in Kuwait by military. But again, two and a half years later, now you're in an outrage. Fuck you, too late. Sorry. Young fans that didn't know about the story or or didn't pay attention to it or followed certain websites and podcasts who never talked about it two and a half years ago, all right. I totally get that. But for everybody else who saw the story, knew the story, you're reporters. You you don't opine. Why didn't you get into it two and a half years ago? Where was his fucking petitions two and a half years ago? And again, how come nobody's fucking calling out the military? Because WWE easy, is easy talking. I'm not going to repeat what I said earlier. You heard it. But my God, in my opinion, let the fucking woman rest in peace. Let her rest in peace. If... There is more to be done with this. Ashley Mazzaro's family will be the ones doing it. You know, anyway, I'm out of here, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the week. Don't forget on Patreon Thursday night. It is Dark Chronicles. uh, This weekend's history show. I'm going to let everybody know right now is going to be a lot less clips than usual. But, you know, it's going to be the anniversary of Owen Hart's passing. And rather than playing news clips that talked about his death at the time and, you know, people talking about it, I decided this show is going to be nothing but positive and laughs and smiles. I got a whole bunch of clips together of wrestlers telling their stories about Owen Hart doing ribs. Some of it I legit laughed out loud in the privacy of my own home. Hearing Bret Hart laugh, I, I was. I wrote. I had to write about it on Twitter earlier, just to express it. So I wonder if people felt that way too. You don't hear Bret Hart laugh much at all, ever. And to hear him openly, legitimately laugh, telling a rib story about his brother Owen, I'm like, man, that's what we need a little bit more of—laughing. You know, not these. Are, you know causes and agendas and trying to fucking, you know, act like judge, jury, and executioner and making people pay because you are upset and anguished about something that has nothing to do with you directly. I think we need a little bit more laughter. You know, again, I have this conversation with Mish a lot. We just talk about things in general online and sometimes we talk about other shows, mostly respectful, but I say it all the time and I write on Twitter too. If you're that angry, if you're that grumpy, if you're that down and in the dumps that you have to resort to stories and lies just to fucking get popularity, why are, are you running a website? Why are you writing a blog? Why are you doing shows? Straighten out your life first. You know, this is hobby. This is fun. This is gravy. This is spare time. Yeah, you know, I make time. You know, it's not fun to fucking stay up until four in the morning editing and codeking and putting stuff together, doing research, gathering numbers, listening to dozens of hours of clips for history stuff, stuff like that. You know, this is not supposed to be easy. You know, fucking, it's not. So, you know, if you like something enough, you do it because you love it and you put in the time and effort. And if you can't put in that effort and time and you can't enjoy it, and you're grumpy cat all, all day long, why are all these people online doing shows, everybody? Because without it, they have no popularity at all, and all they end up being is just these fucking roly-poly, just blobs, goop, they're goop, laying in beds, eating Doritos, doing nothing, realizing that, holy shit, 10 years of my life just went by, and all I have to show for it is a fake profile on Twitter and a fake bio. Do you really want to be one of those people? I choose not to. And I know almost everybody out there is not as well. Anyway, I'm no expert in any of this stuff. These are just opinions. Drew Yari Show. What's up, Drew? Uh, Where was I? What was I doing in my reaction to when the Mets won game six of the 86 World Series when the ball went to Buckner's legs? I have told this many times in the past. I was in my parents' living room. They let me stay up late to watch the game. Everybody else was asleep. I had the volume low, and I remember these chills going down my spine when it was two outs, and they kept the game alive, and then you saw Gary Carter get the hit, and Kevin Mitchell, and then uh, Ray Knight, and it was just surreal. And when they won the game, you know, at that time, I don't remember much about the weather. I don't know if it was raining, but I remember it being cold. And I'm watching... NBC and Marv Albert interviewed Mookie Wilson and Ray Knight. And in the background, because we only lived uh, a half a block away from Juniper Park, you heard horns from cars beeping, going nuts. People were going crazy celebrating. You would have never thought there were that many cars out that late at night. And um, you know for a fact that people were home and they just got in their cars, went to Juniper Park, said a blasting the horns. It was awesome. It was awesome. Sharon Pierce, will there be a point eventually where I could safely go off my current strict diet? And if so, what will be the first thing that I eat that I have missed? Well, I could definitely go off it safely. Um, You know, being on a keto diet, you know, the only thing that you can't have is carbs. And uh, your body goes into ketosis. So now once I reach my goal weight, I am seriously going to just move to paleo which allows a little bit of carbs a day, and I will definitely have one day where I enjoy myself, and I'm either gonna have a piece of pizza or a nice plate of pasta, because pasta is something that I've eaten uh, about three, four times a week for decades and decades and decades, and haven't had it now in almost three months. It sucks, but you know the weight loss is so good so far, I, just, I can't blow it. I mean, since I saw you guys at Lucky 13, I'm down another almost 30 pounds. So I don't have too far to go. But um, yeah, no, probably a plate of pasta. Nice, good plate of pasta. Or eggplant parmesan or slice of pizza. Andrew914, did I ever see Guardian Angels in the streets in the 80s? Oh, absolutely. What's my opinion on when John Gotti put a hit on Curtis Sliwa? That was overblown. Um, You know, the people in the neighborhood absolutely did not like Curtis Sliwa. And I got news for you. I have no problem with Curtis Sliwa. I actually appreciated him off and on over the years. But I will never forget, it was 1999. And something happened, something racially, in this neighborhood or very close to this neighborhood... And I remember they were going to do some type of a walk. I think Sharpton might have been leading it. And they were going to go right through Ozone Park and Howard Beach. And at the time, I was living for a very brief time at a different address. And um, I remember them walking through, and the Guardian Angels, I think, had showed up also. And I remember just looking out my window and seeing loads and loads of Guardian Angels. Um, but they never really, you know, I really, I, look, as much as a provocateur that Al Sharpton has been over the years and look, the Tawana Brawley thing is just, you know, inexcusable. You know, I, I don't think he was as much of a provocateur in, in the neighborhoods here. I mean, showing up and trying to stoke, you know, the racial tensions didn't help. But I don't think. People put as much stock into it as you would think, and the guardian angels as well. You didn't see them as really confrontational. I just think I just think the neighbor just didn't give a shit on either side. To be honest with you, Uh, Paul Bielowski can never understand why Sting would not go to the WWF when WCW folded. That was his choice, Paul. He just had his reasons. He stuck to them, and you know it was what it was. For better, for worse, he liked his time in TNA, but he also felt it was wasted because he could have had a better WWF career. Sure, you could say that about a lot of people. Um, Some people feel that way about Samoa Joe and others. Look, not everybody... Uh, wants to work the WWE schedule. Not everybody wants to work the WWE grind. Not everybody coming out of WCW wants to go to WWF and get you know tweaked or jobbed out and stuff. And yes, it's just entertainment. But at the same time, though, you got to enjoy what you're doing. And if you don't enjoy losing and you don't understand the entertainment aspect of it, you're not going to have a fun time working. I'm not sting with. I'm not saying that Sting was that demanding or anything like that. But he had his convictions. He stuck to them. As wrestling fans, we don't like them, but you have to respect it. It's having a keto flu, just like uh, smelling Naya and Tamina after they work out, dude. I'll be honest with you. I know people joke, and I have made some jokes here and there. But they could smell, They might smell like fucking roses after a workout. We don't know. You know, just because they're bigger in size doesn't mean they smell like shit. And I mean that sincerely. And um, yeah, you heard my comments recently about the internet and behavior. Uh, He is 55. He don't go on Twitter because of all the shit that he hears. I commend you, my friend, Paul. I commend you. I mean, you know, I like Twitter because I get to socialize with all areas of the globe with uh, people I've become friendly with online over the years through the shows and the hotlines. You know, it's great being able to talk to, you know, people as far as Abu Dhabi to as close as two blocks away from me. It's just really, really cool to have that medium. And, yes, I do express my opinions also. But, you know, I also feel that, you know, is my entire life an open book? No. I, I There's a shitload of my life that I keep personal, But I also feel that if you're going to be a podcaster and you're going to be a podcaster that has a decent following and ends up being one of the biggest podcasts out there, you know, in over a decade, you know, it comes with some responsibility. Not only is it dedication and effort that almost every time you get nothing in return financially, But also you have to, you know, have a little bit of an open open book about yourself. And just telling stories does not mean open book. You know, anybody could fucking create a profile online and live that and actually start convincing themselves that they are that after years, you know, that's not, you know, being an open book. If people are going to pour your heart out to you or if they're going to invest that kind of dedication and time, you have to show it back. And it's not easy. And, you know, look, I talk to quite a few of you on social media who tell me about other people online, you know, not in a circle, you know, as people think, I'm always saying, but just in general. And they get very frustrated because they put so much time and dedication in a particular show, and a particular show always say, oh, you know, contact me here, send me a tweet here, email me here, follow my show here, leave me questions, and And then the person socializes, And they don't get acknowledged. They don't get answered. They get ignored. You know, and it's frustrating. And then you realize quickly that there's a lot of people online that just want to take and take and take and take. They don't want to give it back. They only give it back when they're forced to. And, you know, sadly, a lot of people just don't want to believe that in people who they like, in podcasting, in wrestling, in real life. You know, just you don't want to believe it. But you know you just deny being in denial if you don't accept the fact that that is a major thing going on online right now. And you know it sucks that you have to like out people or you know throw subliminal messages and you know let people figure it out for themselves but at the end of the day I know I get up and I bust my ass. I know I put in insane hours to fucking you know have everybody enjoy the shows. You don't know how angry that I got at somebody who wrote a, a, a response the other day saying that the show I do on Monday has turned into nothing but an advertisement for the Patreon shows. And I'm like, motherfucker, do you have any idea how much work that I do before eleven fifteen 15 p.m.? And it's not an advertisement. Will I plug and will I shout out people? Sure. Of course, and they deserve it. Otherwise, these shows would be fucking subscription-based. $5 a month, $10, I don't know. But the point is, is that, man, you know, you put in tons of work and then some people will just take and take and take, and it's both sides. So, uh, yeah, no. I mean, social media is great if you use it the right way. Unfortunately, people have substituted their real life for a fake online life. And... Um, it's pathetic. It's, you know, you got to feel bad for them. But when you realize the extent that they go to try to actually create this persona, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. I don't want to associate with people like that, to be honest with you. I have sympathy for them, but I'm not going to let that creep into my life. Never. Will not do it. Brian, the mayor of Diner Island, Dinosaur Island Landry. Should I do the echo for that? I lo- I, it always sounds like a horrible superhero show, right? Anyway, I'm not going to do Son I got to get out of here. Uh, I've spoken before of my Ronald Reagan memorabilia. Are there any other non-wrestler baseball memorabilia that I have in my collection? Not as much as I used to. I mean, I have tons of vintage newspapers that have nothing to do with wrestling. I have a lot of Reggie Jackson stuff. Remember, this is non-wrestler. Oh, non-baseball, okay. Um, I have some Donald Trump stuff. I have the personalized letter that he sent me and to my father uh, after he became president. You know, I've always wanted to post a beautiful copy of it online, but I know a lot of people hate him, and out of respect for those that hate him, I won't post it, but, you know, and I keep it, I don't keep it displayed. Cause you know I may have somebody over the house that may just absolutely can't d- despise our president, and I see it. So I of respect for them. I don't want to piss people off. And you know, I told the story recently. My father is working on a house right now, and he has about twenty construction workers, and I'd say fifteen of them are Mexican, but they're legal. And um, I'd say about a month ago, something was on t- the radio, and they were playing the Trump thing, and my father. my father knows some of these people for years and years and years and just really close with them. And he made a stupid joke like, he's going to deport all of you. One guy fucking wanted to bash something over my father's head for real. And my father realized you can't joke with stuff like some people legitimately feel threatened by the president. It sucks. I don't buy into it, but I have to respect people, people that feel that way. Uh, Ralph Ramirez. I mentioned that I took the name for my show from Breakfast with Blasi, starring Andy Kaufman and Clash Freddy Blassie. If I had breakfast with a wrestling figure, dead or alive, who would it be? A wrestling figure, dead or alive. You know what? I would love, if you're talking about breakfast, I would, I'm not kidding. I know this was spurred a moment. I thought about the question earlier, and you got the usual suspects. You know, Funk, Foley, Heyman, you know, Vince, some others, but if I really wanted to show someone specifically for breakfast, I would go to a diner with Freddie Blassie. I don't know why. I don't know why. I wouldn't recreate breakfast with Blassie, but I think that would be pretty cool, right? And uh he enjoyed the sample from the white label album The India Tonight, No One Beats the Biz. I told that story before. I know people didn't believe me, but I even told everybody on that Patreon show, the fucking record company. They're still around, you know, a couple of Google searches. You could find their contacts and say, is it true that you actually, yeah, it's true. You know, I mean, I'm not one that has to go on social media and fucking brag about and stuff like that. But, you know, as little stories come back to my mind that I haven't thought about in 20, 30 years, I'll tell them. You know, I'm not going to make up stories simply for filler. You know, if something comes back that I remember that I never told before, I will tell it. And, um, you know, it may sound like, my God, you lived an interesting life so far. Yeah, I have. I had a fucking great interesting life so far. But I guarantee you a ton of people that are in their 40s and older will probably have a lot of those similar stories. And in some cases, they even had wilder stories because I didn't like going to the city or going to the village and stuff like that. But meanwhile, they did. And I liked going to fucking clubs and stuff. And they might have done something different. There was some crazy shit that I experienced. But a lot of you out there experienced it too. And you know what? I'm going to leave everybody with this before we go. The younger people out there and the ones that were, grew up with social media, a lot of what's told over the years by me and some others out there might sound exaggerated or far-fetched or just not believable. You got to understand that because you're in a social media age and because everything is, is easily accessible on computer, especially shopping, I buy almost everything that I have through Amazon and other places. I don't have to go to the mall anymore. I don't have to fucking stand there while my girlfriend closed shops and shit like that. She'll just gotta say, you know, honey, you want to go to the mall? Nah, I fucking hate the mall. Because I know what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to stand there while she's looking at blouses. So instead, she'll be like, honey, could you order this for me on Amazon? And I say to myself, <laughs> if that gets me out of going to the mall, Sure. So a lot of what we used to do outdoors, you do indoors. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't do the outdoor activities that we used to do when we were a lot younger. So a lot of the stories that we tell, it's just a different age now that a lot of people don't do the same thing. Look, you know what's going to happen 10, 20 years from now? A lot of people, some of the stories I told, they're going to have their Tinder versions Oh, man, I fucking picked up this chick on Tinder. You had to see her. She had fucking 18 toes. And my God, she smelled like fucking shit. But I banged her anyway. And blah, 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 blah. People are going to have different stories. It's going to be, you know, an ongoing thing. It'll just, it'll happen in different ways. You know, going to clubs is much different now. And it got scary. I mean, I loved going to clubs. But when it got to like 1994, 1995, it started to change, man, and it started to get scary. You started to see more and more fights. You started to see people getting stabbed. You know, one time we were we were bouncing at fucking Goldfinger's. Used to used to do bouncing there. Used to be a nightclub too. Uh, in Phase Two. And one night, me and two of my friends, we were bouncing. You know, we were big guys. I mean, I told stories before. That, you know, I was a big guy when I was younger. I mean, it's just that's what I was. So was my friend. And we bounced one night. And I remember, I went home early. My friend stood. And two of my other friends showed up later on. And they were hanging out. And there was a fight in the club. I wasn't there. There was a fight in the club. They kicked the people out. They did their job. Guy came back later and started spraying bullets And believe it or not, if you got a newspapers, you know, archive membership, go back to around 1988 and go start searching for the fucking, I don't remember if it was Pallids of Phase 2, but go start searching. And you'll find the articles about, you know, attempted shooting at that club. I mean, you know, almost everything that I talk about, stuff like this can be referenced. You know, it's, but anyway, everyone, it's been real. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow me on Twitter at Don Tony D. The website, dontony.com. Email me, dontony, at dontony.com. Facebook.com slash DTKC show. Don't forget, we got the Discord page that is banging right now. And once again, patreon.com slash dontony. You know, we used to say as little as five bucks. I used to say as little as five bucks. You know, you could sign up and get a shitload of exclusive content in return. Now you could sign up for as little as two. And you get all live shows, you know, DTKC Show Extra on Tuesday, Breakfast Soup Live on Tuesday, pay-per-view recaps, you know, on occasion, uh, blah, 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 or Breakfast with Blossie will show up there. See, the problem with Breakfast with Blossie being on uh, Discord Live is, you know, I do this during my lunch, and yeah, I'll spend two hours home instead of one. But the point is, is that sometimes my lunch hour might be two o'clock in the afternoon. Sometimes it might be 11.30. Sometimes it might be 3.30. It's hard to pinpoint it. So, you know, it's, it's a lot easier if I just record it here. But uh, patreon.com slash Don Tony. Everyone be well. I'll catch you again in two weeks. And uh, take care. Ciao. Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Syracuse. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony.
0: Bet Saratoga this summer with NYRA Betts, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Go to nyrabets.com for details and sign up today. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network.